0: Welcome back to the
1: Inspired Living with Autoimmunity podcast. I'm your host, Julie Michelson, and today I'm so happy to be talking with Bridget Danner, licensed acupuncturist and certified functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner. But most importantly, because after losing everything to toxic mold, Bridget now educates about toxins and how to detoxify through a functional approach. Bridget is also the author of an incredible resource, The Ultimate Toxic Mold Recovery Guide. And today we dive into what you need to know about toxic mold and discuss how to determine if mold toxicity might be contributing to your illness and how to recover your health if it is. Bridget, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Julie. Thanks for having me. I am so excited you're here. You know, this is one of my very favorite topics because it is it is part of my personal journey. And I know so many of my clients that I work with struggle with mold toxicity. So I always love to start with How did you shift into this world? How is it that you now spend your time helping people recover from mold toxicity? I know, it's a weird thing
2: to, you know, (laughs) I wasn't thinking when I was a little girl that I would do this someday. But I feel like I have a really nice full circle story actually because as a little girl, I was an environmentalist like from a very young age, like giving my allowance to environmental groups. And then I went on to study art in college because they said, you know, do something you enjoy. And but by the end of college, I was like, you know, this isn't really fitting like the change I want to see in the world. I think I need to go into some environmental law or natural medicine was also an option. So I ended up studying Chinese medicine and kind of having this idea that when I graduated, I would teach some environmental awareness and things like that while I was in my clinic. But I moved to Portland, Oregon. And it's very environmentally aware. So that never really happened i just was doing my doing my work learning my craft as an acupuncturist and meanwhile i didn't know it but i was living in a moldy house and i just couldn't recover my health it was kind of just up and down up and down and then i really hit a low point around the time i found out about the mold um so then it just uprooted my whole life you know remediated that house moved out of that house eventually sold that clinic and moved to Arizona. And now I really did have a chance to restart and (laughs) focus my career on environment. So I kind of moved from this women's health focus to detoxification and like slowly focusing more on mold detox because I just knew so much about it. And I did realize there's still a big gap out there and in, in people learning about toxins in the home. And, you know, here in Phoenix, Arizona, there's much less awareness than in Portland, Oregon. So I, I, I do teach about other toxins and have done some certification in that. But well, really I just have so much experience with mold from my own life and being a practitioner going through it. I just studied super hard and you know then we started to offer mold testing to our clients and hearing their stories and creating resources. So it's kind of nice that I really got to get back into what since I was a child I thought was most important in life. So I'm I'm pretty happy
1: I landed here ultimately. Well, you know, the universe does work in a mysterious (laughs) way, apparently. I'm sure though, even relating to that, you probably weren't thinking about toxins and mold as a a youngster with your environmental (laughs) support. So many parts of your story I want to circle back to. I want to dig in if you're willing to share, and it doesn't even have to be your personal symptoms. I, I do think, and sometimes I'm fooled because- As we were saying before we turned the camera on, sometimes I think things are more widely known and appreciated because of the circles I spend my time in. And then I get out into the into public and realize, you know, the the McDonald's line is around the corner and, you know, things haven't quite shifted as much as as I presume they have. So, of course, I'm very familiar with mold issues and challenges i love you know i i remember when i moved from moldy florida to colorado i was told and this was almost 20 years ago i was told you know oh we don't have mold in colorado you know because it's dry here and and so there is no mold you don't have to worry about mold in your home in colorado it's not a thing uh, not true not, also, true. not Yeah, and a couple <laughs> of friends.
2: Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. You know. Less, yeah. but not not a blanket statement. No. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So it it is interesting. So that has evolved even since I've been here. But mm. for listeners, you know, why why should they care? What are some of those symptoms? Because I, I think so many people. When they think of mold, they think of like visible black mold that they could see that was maybe like over their bed and they knew they had, you know, like there, there's a misconception about what mold exposure can look like, but also what does it feel like? How What kind of symptoms did you have? I know there's a, a range.
2: Yeah, that's a great question. And I, I know I kind of skirted through that in my story. So I I'll, i can tell you about more about my home, which, yeah, you know, you wouldn't have walked in and thought, this is, a, this is a moldy, rotting dump, even though it was up beneath the walls. But yeah, I mean, I... I, I I think for a while, you know, it, it started kind of slowly, which it often does. So I moved into this home when I got engaged and we pretty quickly got married, got pregnant. I opened a clinic. So a lot was going on. I had a lot of causes for the fact that I wasn't sleeping well at night and was getting more anxious, right? So I thought it was really first because I had had a baby. So I was working on things like with a a life coach. I was working on my diet. So yeah, I was anxious, insomnia. I was having breakthrough bleeding. I was having a lot of colds and flus in the winter, which wasn't completely new to me, which makes me kind of wonder about some of my background. But it just got really bad. Like I got I got pink eye. Like, who gets pink eye? As an adult, <laughs> as an adult, like, it, my immune system was just tanked, and I, especially in the winter, and I would just be chilly all the time. But again, I lived in a cold climate, but like literal chills. And it's like sometimes you look back and you remember certain moments. And I remember one where we were supposed to go to this parade, and I just was too like sick to go. So the whole everybody went without me, and I was just like in the bathtub, like shivering for like. The 200th time just like crying because i was just like yeah. what is, is wrong with me you know yeah. and and i kept doing more stuff like i I think it did help, but not really ultimately help because I was in a moldy house. But like, you know, I was making my own bone broth. I was totally detoxing my home from chemicals. I was doing detoxes. I was like, I found out I had EBV and I started treating that. I started studying functional medicine. I mean, a lot of what I do now is to figure out my own self. And then when it got to to the worst part, so I went through functional medicine training. I did some testing. You know, I found out I had leaky gut and various things. So I was working on that. But then the weather turned. And I was working at home more because I wanted to be online more. We had some flooding, not flooding, but just like wetness in our basement. I got strep throat. I got like Mm -hmm. bad. I I wasn't recovering well. I was exhausted. I did a detox. It didn't work. I was just more tired then than I ever had been. And I actually had just like around then found out I had some Hashimoto's antibodies for the first time. And, and then I was going to the snatch probiotic clinic, getting IVs, like I was just not doing well. And I I said to them, like, there's really nothing else I can do with my lifestyle. Like, can you test me for some other things? So they test me for even more autoimmunity. And they asked me about my home. And that's like, was the first, time I really considered it. And I said, well, yeah, we do have this musty basement and it just had some wetness come in. It was carpeted. So stupid. So I mentioned it to my husband at the time and we decided to get a mold inspector. Really, he, he was the impetus. I didn't really want to know, to be honest, because I knew what a mess it would be if we had it. And we had it. You know, we had you were exhausted. a lot of <laughs> so. Yeah, I didn't. I was just finally gotten home. And now, that, and now we're ripping up the whole home while I was in it, which made me even sicker. So really, my lowest of the low was once they started to rip up the home and made mistakes, like major, we made major mistakes. I was in the home almost all the time moving moldy things into the main floor. And at this point, I had like no short-term memory. Like I could open a tab on the internet and I'd have to just look at it and like ask myself like six times, what did you open it for? What did you open it for? Like that was all day long. I would lose my phone. And then I literally was like, got to suicidal ideation because I was so tired. Like I would just fantasize about something happening so I wouldn't have to wake up in the morning. And Uh that scared me, you know? So I really think it was just on a cellular level how tired I was that 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 happened. My eyelid was twitching. My gut was wrecked. You're pretty much your gut's going to be wrecked. So lots of symptoms. And, And they're not always so obvious. You know, it can just be, troubles with your menstrual cycle or anxiety. I definitely had chronic pain, which nobody could really help me with. So some of them, I would say the most common ones are brain fog and fatigue, but it can also be skin rashes, ADHD in kids, you know, depression, weight gain. It's it's a tough one, much like Hashimoto's, because there's so many ways it can affect you.
1: Sure sure and for listeners, you know most of my listeners have autoimmune illness and so they they're probably going, huh, I have half those symptoms. She just rattled off. There is such a crossover that it, it can be hard to dig deeper. Somebody with mold toxicity that has an autoimmune diagnosis can explain those symptoms away with their autoimmune diagnosis and doesn't necessarily dig deeper to find the cause. And this is one of the most common causes that I see, or at least contributors. So thank you for sharing that part of your story because especially when all of that is going on, as anxiety is going up and mental health is being affected, I can only imagine the when when the doctors don't know what's wrong, that whole cycle of then, you know, they're like, well, maybe it's in your head. <laughs> you know, so it, that sounds incredibly, it, it's sad, but at the same time, I'm so grateful that you do what you do now. And that's how we all get here really is through our journey. And so I know that anybody that works with you is, is so fortunate that you, ha- you have not only, you know, that experience as the practitioner, but also you've lived it. You understand what it feels like.
2: Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I, I think it really gave me like a thirst for knowledge and research that I can share all these little t- tidbits on people who, you know, feel like they tried everything. And I'm like, well, you haven't done your glucose monitor and you haven't done this. <laughs> you know, Like, I always have more ideas for them.
1: So as I mentioned, I'm sure so many listeners are hearing this right now and thinking, you know, I have not done this. Should I look under this autoimmune diagnosis, maybe I have. What kind of testing do you recommend if if people are? What does that process look like, or the process that you use?
2: Yeah, you know, I I hundred percent think you should all. You know, I'm sure you agree, Julie. Always look under your autoimmune diagnosis, right? I mean, that's how yes. what happened for that's me why. in my right. Yeah, <laughs> it's where it it came from somewhere. And and an interesting thing from this mold masterclass that I just recorded. That you know, a couple like themes came up, and one was that multiple food sensitivities are a symptom of mold often. And so, so many people are out there seeking people like you or going online, and they're like concerned about their gut as well, they should be. But what broke down that gut? Now, it could just be your poor diet and stress, certainly. But it can definitely be mold, especially if you have been trying to eat right and it's just not working. So, yeah, I think it's really interesting. Luckily, it's a pretty simple at-home urine test right now. It's pretty easy to interpret. I I personally have only seen one false negative. You know, occasionally you could be not pushing the mycotoxins out to the urine, but I've only seen it once. I think a lot of people are positive, frankly. And I think it affects all of us differently. Like in our family, much later, I had my son tested pretty late in the process and he was positive, but he he didn't really ever display symptoms that I could tell. And it's hard to get kids to do a bunch of detox stuff. I mean, if he was sick, I would have been working it hard. But I think you think people are often going to see positive. So especially if you have a lot of symptoms, and you feel like you're doing the right things, and it's not getting better. And then if you couple that with any suspicion about your home or your office, now, sometimes, you know, you're, you can't find things or recall things. But I just had a client yesterday, actually, Julie, who did finally test she was breast cancer positive some years back maybe five years back so she had a positive on her mycotox and we started to talk about it and it seems to i'm having her plate test where she works she's worked there for Mm. 10 years in the same hospital the same room and there have been water leaks from the toilet and from the ceiling and they didn't you know they don't really get repaired
1: correctly Sure. So, yeah, schools I mean, are and, another big one. Hospitals and schools. Are yeah. Big. Yeah. They're they're,
2: big. So, yeah. And, and I, I could, you know, she was having her resistance just like I did in my house because she was sure. like, well, I like I like where I work. And I was like, well, you're not really enjoying like worrying that cancer is going to come up for right you again. That's not fun. So, you know, it's like, let's get more information because it can contribute to things like cancer and lots of other things. So, yeah, I think it's worth the investment. You know, there's so many tests you can do. Because it's broken down other body systems, I think it can be helpful to get other tests too, but they don't have to be all at once. It can be per your budget or what you're focused on. Because for some people... The fertility or hormone stuff might be really forefront and another person they're really working on their gut so you know if you blank check you can do all a bunch of testing at once or you can just kind of go in phases because frankly mold recovery is going to be slow no matter how you slice it so it's yeah so you can start with potentially that that urine test for mold at this wherever you're at in your journey and then let that information lead you to the next step.
1: I love that and and we often do that we're playing detective and, and figuring out what what test makes the most sense it's always like the, you know I was going to say christmas which is kind of funny cuz i'm jewish but maybe my birthday when i have a client that that does give me that like is like no i want all the answers now look under every rock we can immediately i don't care what it costs that's a rarity usually we're doing exactly what you said it's one step at a time what makes the most sense if I have, you know, somebody who I don't know, you know, knows they had a tick bite and lives in somewhere like Arizona, I'm probably gonna start with line before mold. You know, we're we're gonna take into account your history and yeah. and, and, the, and let that guide as well. So I I love that. So testing is is important. <laughs> To really be able to, I I like what you said about the getting the baseline too. You know, it's, I am a data geek and I know from my own mold journey, I love seeing numbers come down. I'm the same with, with my clients. I don't test often. It is a slow process. Once in a while for myself though, I'm like, I want to see, you know, how am I now? So I love that. This is a huge, as you mentioned, even just the remediation process is a huge undertaking. So... I also have run into people that know they have mold toxicity and really haven't done anything about it. And I know, I know that you have your masterclass and I know you have your amazing book coming out soon, which is both such amazing resources for people because it is so overwhelming. Sometimes people just don't even know where to start. And and so share with us kind of, I know it's too much to get into in, you know, under three hours, but how can people recover their health? It it almost sounds hopeless if we're saying, you know, oh, it could be in the home, it could be in the workplace. It's a big, it's a big undertaking. How do you recover your health?
2: Yeah, I mean, it is an environmental illness. So you do need to change or move or whatever. So yeah, we can talk more about that. And I, that's why I included in my book and in the masterclass that piece, because I know if I say I'm only going to talk about health, they're gonna be like, but 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 like, what about my right. books? What about this? So I, you know, I do my best to to cover that that piece and and when to start. But yeah, you know, it's a lot to learn. Uh, Before I get in the health piece, I'll just say, because some people might be listening and being like, oh my gosh, it's a lot to take on. I don't even know if I have it. I would just say, do yourself a favor with becoming familiar with some of this stuff, right? Like for one, and you'll learn this through the book and the masterclass, be a better homeowner, or home liver even if you're a renter because you know we're just neglecting things right like our home didn't have the drainage wasn't right and we didn't run a dehumidifier in the ba- basement there were some other things we didn't know about but you know even just those two things we could have been doing a better job so just know that you live in a home and just like your listeners like want to take good care of their health with their eating Take good care of your health with your home. You know, d- wet mop. Don't use fragrance candles. Like, open windows. So d- do all those things. Keep it mold free, right? So, like, l- at least learn a little bit for prevention. Like, don't don't move into a home where you could have seen, huh? There's some issues here, you know, because that'll that'll cost you. So you can learn for that reason. And then the other kind of timeless thing is like learn about detoxification in general because we all need it. I when I got into detox, I didn't realize that I would get the question like, well do we really need to detox? Doesn't our body do that? Yes, our body is designed to do that. But our body wasn't really designed to live in 2022. Not even close. Right? Not even close. So all the chemicals that we put in and all all the stress we expose ourselves, all the blue light, all the changes, you know, it's just stressful on our body. Our, Our food, even organic food, isn't nutritious as it used to be. So there's just so many factors going against us. And now I'm, you know, I'm well out of mold, but I detox all the time, you know, I own a sauna, I castro, I do castro packs, I dry brush this morning, I sauna last night, I literally did a, a coffee out of yesterday morning, because it's just part of my lifestyle. So whether it's just like lemon water or other things like that, I think it's it's good to learn about. So those are sort of the people who aren't sure. For the people who are dealing with mold, personally for me, things that move the lymph were like some of the biggest needle movers in, in my health. Like when I was in my sickest, if I would – do a sauna, do a coffee enema, I would dry brush every day back then. I got lymphatic massage, I got a rebounder, I got outside and walked every day, that helped me a lot. So I'm a big proponent of keeping it moving, basically. But you have to make sure as you're moving, you are also eliminating. So you have to make sure you're having bowel movements. And I have a section in my book about, you know, how to support that. A lot of people have trouble with having bowel movements. And if your brain is inflamed, that can be one more reason from mold. One more reason you could be having trouble with bowel movements and, and like motility. So you have to make sure you're eliminating people could do a sauna and feel worse because they they couldn't handle those toxins that came out. So there are some things to get into place. But generally, I find mobilizing really, really helpful. And then as far as eliminating, not only make sure you have bowel movement, but one key supplement in this world are binders, which people may have not heard of, but I think you will more. So your body likes to recycle bile that has toxins in it, just because that's normal, you know, we didn't used to have so many toxins, so we would just right. recycle it back. But we don't want those toxins to recycle back, which is why some people still have the same toxins years after the the moldy home. So you want to use a binder so that when you're pooping out, you're also the binders physically or chemically bind up the toxins. So they're removed in the stool. So that's like one kind of key supplement. I kind of listed five of my there's so many supplements you could take, obviously, but a you binder a is a binder? Key one. What's that? You
1: have a favorite binder?
2: Oh, I actually inform. I have one in contract, so that will be my favorite one. (laughs) It's called My Toxin Binder, and it'll be out in like May. And it's a blend. So yeah, it's you know some binders are individual, and you can rotate, and some are blends. And so ours is a blend to catch several categories of mycotoxins. And keep the bowels moving, so it's kind of like a two for one, yeah. And it's a little soothing because binders can be constipating as well. So yeah, I'm super excited to get that one out. And then if you are more supplement sensitive, you may want to try a single ingredient binder and go slower. I think I'm lucky that I can tolerate most anything I throw (laughs) throw in my body. But yeah, we you know we definitely have clients that are sensitive too, and you may want to just start with like a pectin as pectin. The citrus pectin is a really gentle binder you can do in a powder you can do that with kids as well
1: that's fantastic i remember when i first started to see because i i, I call myself a collector because i really it's not just mycotoxins and mold it's metals and environmental toxins i am like the poster child oh. for an insufficient detoxer and so I was shocked, but I, too, and I have so many sensitivities, fragrance, all the things, you know, typical, typical, somebody asked me the other day, we've been diagnosed with SIRS. I said, no. they said, well, do you think you had it? I'm like, yeah. Like I just, I, what it wasn't, that wasn't part of my journey, but I, I am that sensitive person, except for when it comes to supplements and binders and you know, glutathione and all the things to support detox, I now know how fortunate I was to just be able to handle all of that. It makes me feel great. Like I, when I first started working with people that were really sensitive, you know, you know, what do you mean this really gentle binder made you feel terrible? I don't understand. Or it, it just was really eye opening for me. So, you know, that's the case of where we really are all different. And it depends yeah. on, you know, how your detox pathways are working. I love that you have something in your binder coming out for motility because it is such a common problem with people. And so Yeah. They, yeah, yeah. It's
2: actually a pretty strong ingredients. <laughs> but, but I was like, this "Is this too much. But you know, you can certainly do I think we in the end, we're deciding to do like a smaller bottle, smaller dosage, because you can always go up. But I don't want people to think, oh, I have to take four a day or I'm doing something wrong. And it's too much. So yeah, it's Chinese rhubarb is my secret. Love it. I so, love yeah.
1: it. <laughs> We did a little bit of a deep dive into binders. How do you recommend? I just want to throw out there for people that aren't familiar and may run out and be like, "Oh, I think I need a binder." You know we talk yeah,
2: run out. I'm gonna say, run out. go get it activated charcoal is the cheapest probably one you can get. It's good to have for hangovers or uh, for overeating, for food poisoning. So it's a nice thing to have in your medicine cabinet. That's a nice one to start with.
1: It is a good uh, one. It, that one I find in particular, at least in higher doses, can be extremely binding. I, don't eat out a lot because I'm so particular, but when I travel and I do eat out, I always take activated charcoal just as like a preemptive just just to capture. But talk a little bit about timing of binders if it's somebody, if you're taking other yeah, medication. Yeah,
2: that's the one little trick. Yeah, generally, unless you just feel like you have food poisoning, then take the binder right away. But generally you take it. Let's see, one hour before or two hours after food, medication, or supplements Um, because they can bind things that you are trying to benefit. I will say they don't bind perfectly, so I I think people can get a little too worried (laughs) that… oh gosh, well now I can't. Uh, so I think many times at night I w- take a binder and then I was like, crap, I'm having trouble falling asleep. Let me take some melatonin or something. It still worked. Right. So I know that binder doesn't perfectly bind everything, but you definitely don't want to on purpose take them sure. all together.
1: Sure. Perfect. I just wanted to kind of to hit on that one. So we've got the yeah. thing we have this focus on detox you, and you did touch on you know which is a whole we were talking earlier that's a whole nother podcast interview with the remediation specialist on all yeah of i have a couple things. if you want some names <laughs> yeah all, all of the things and it is important well i you are the expert i shouldn't i in my opinion it is important tell me how you feel about Kind of the DIY approach to mold in your home.
2: <laughs> yeah, I recently had like PTSD from one. of the, So my good friend's na- neighbor in her duplex had a leak in the base in the ba- bathroom they didn't know about, and I guess there must have been some mold starting to come through the wall. Or somehow they found out, so her husband just again sledgehammered it. No mask, no plastic sheeting, no air scrubber. And she's sending me the pictures and I'm like, and then they went to Home Depot and they're like, just put bleach on it, which is absolutely not what you're supposed to do. So um, I will say like, you're going to pay now or pay later in this field, like hundred percent. So if you are going to DIY, you better be as knowledgeable as a real remediating pro. And that's going to take time for you to figure out. And hopefully, you know, you probably have a background in some home stuff. I mean, really it's better to hire a remediator and one that you've really vetted because like ours, you know, he did physically the stuff to take out drywall and all that, but he recommended we take everything out of our basement and put it in the main floor of the house. It's like horrible advice. So yeah, you're definitely, yeah, you gotta like, I mean, there's a great, there's a book called Mold Mold Medic that a friend of mine wrote. Um, My book has some sections in in this. There's different blogs. I have a new friend from gottenmold.com. He's got a bunch of articles. So you know, unfortunately it's time to learn right when you're not feeling great. So sure. you you know, yeah, learn at least a little bit if you can maybe get a one of those home loans, whatever they're called, line of credit, like you mm-hmm. may be better to but, use something like that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It is, because it is so important. And that's why I wanted you to weigh in. I literally had a conversation with a, a client who's also a friend last week because I just did a panel on her. And she and her husband have the identical panel. It's the same, oh, wow. it's the same exposure, you know, and I'm like, okay, this is a no brainer. This is definitely, you know, it may not, do you think it's in your current home? Oh yeah, I know it is. Oh,
0: and boy. she was arguing
1: with me. No, they can do it themselves. And he's an engineer and they have bleach. It was almost like I was talking to the same person you are. So it might be, who knows? Is- <laughs> both of us. Let let's, this isn't really where I planned on going, but, but since we both mentioned bleach, Let's talk about people think, you know, you bleach mold and you don't see it. Again, we're back to that thinking that black mold is what we're always talking about. But does bleach kill mold?
2: So it can kill some spores, but there's like a big asterisk, right? So. <laughs> for one thing, bleach is, takes away color. So that's makes it look better. better. It can kill spores, but it can also drive them deeper. And it's moist. Like it's like 99% water or 95. You don't ever want to put more moisture toxic. on drywall. And it's super toxic. And it's going to leave behind all the toxic debris from the spores, Would which is really what makes you sick. Mm-hmm. You know, you may have some allergy or you know sensitivity to the spores, but it's the VOCs and the mycotoxins and the all the little things coming off that you just bombed and now they're coming off again. It's, so no, it's the short answer is n- no. Which it's is also why you
1: don't want to take a sledgehammer to moldy drywall. <laughs> and release all of it or why you were talking about bringing the moldy stuff up onto your clean level. You just now exposed your clean level. So you guys, this stuff is airborne yeah. and this is why the, the DIY approach is really, really not a good idea. I, yeah. I would say I'm, I'm a little more hardcore than you, <laughs> even if you really research. I, I, I mean, you need things sealed off you need to yeah. be protected you need to know what you're doing but yeah the very do very
2: about while it's going on yes. yeah i mean there's so many we ruined two cars i feel like i can speak strongly about it because we made all the mistakes and i'm like go ahead you can do you can make all the same mistakes but it's gonna cost you <laughs> my experience <laughs> yeah you're gonna put your household back together and then a month later you're like why am i still sick well because yeah. you didn't do it right and you know, I'm being kind of flippant right now, but, you know, it's – yeah, it's almost just better to get some of the hard truth. Because, yeah, n- nobody sure. chooses this. Nobody chooses to spend forty grand on their home. No. But – it's like, I don't know, like, say your house got hit by, like, an asteroid. <laughs> you wouldn't be like, well, I don't want to spend the money. You would just, you know, get it done. But somehow yeah. with mold, because it's a different type of problem, we, some, we try to justify waiting and these different solutions. So, yeah, some, we just have to be really, like, tough love on ourselves and say, I love myself enough to do this uncomfortable. You and I were talking before we came on, I'm doing something very uncomfortable in business right now. Right. But I want the thing, right? The so thing. sometimes right. we have to go through that discomfort and to know like the result we want is worth it. And sometimes that's going to take testing or urine testing or some research to be like, okay, I get how serious this is.
1: I love that. That's so true. Through the discomfort comes the growth, everybody. <laughs> so, okay, we've tested, we've hopefully identified and removed the source. Here's the other thing. Guys, it's really hard. You don't say, "Well, I'm just going to pick up Bridget's book when it comes out and I'm going to do all the other things and I'm I'm just going to, you know, leave the mold in the home. It's not that bad." Really, really, really difficult if not impossible to heal when you're still being exposed. So, you've got to handle yes. the whole exposure.
2: Yes, you do. I mean, you can like, you know, say you're sorting out the house, or you're waiting on the new lease. You know, you can take your binders, open windows, do some things, but don't think that's gonna carry you two years or anything like that.
1: It's such good advice. So I know you have this amazing masterclass. You touched on some of the things that people would learn. In the master class, some of the content that you cover. What else, you know, if people are curious about, you know, I cannot encourage you guys enough to get the ultimate toxic mold. Recovery guide when it comes out, which will be. I got a
2: picture. I don't have a book,
1: but I have a picture. I'm excited. I so wish I had this book, you know, 10 years ago. So I'm excited that, yeah, it's coming out. But what else, you know, why should, if somebody's curious or if they know they have mold and they just don't know what to do, you know, tell us a little bit about the masterclass.
2: Yeah, I mean, there's two whole days really on the home. So that's awesome. You know, testing, remediation, living a non-toxic life, moving forward, uh, stuff like that. So I think that's really great. We have lots of different experts in this field, like Jill Carnahan, Mary Ackerley, whose name you don't hear enough, who is amazing, has reviewed like thousands of brain scans of people who've gone through mold. So interesting. So, you know, and a lot of our speakers have been through it, too. And so we cover some basic things, so to speak, like shifts you can do in your diet, getting outside, doing sauna. And, and we get a little more technical with things like how it's related to parasites and Lyme, autoimmunity, stuff like that. So it's just kind of a smattering. You can show up for whatever you want. You can own it so you have it forever. If you find this podcast much later, it will be like an evergreen event Very so cool. you can always get some free access but yeah I would love for people to check it out if if it gets kind of lost in the shuffle you can always go back to my website which is BridgetDanner.com. and you know if you find this a year from now we'll we'll still have more resources on there we have a lot of blogs so even if you're just interested in one thing I said like coffee enemas like you know come over and, and search it and take a look
1: I love that and I loved your list by the way of the you know the just supporting the the detox pathways and limb system, the coffee enemas, the sauna, the dry brushing. I know there's more that you didn't, the binders, the, I mentioned the glutathione. I know you, you are in favor of that as well. So, so many things that we can do. And like you said, even, even those without mold toxicity, we do all, we all need to detox and to, support those pathways on a regular basis. So there's just so much value. I can't encourage you guys enough to check out the masterclass because as I said, in the beginning, there is, it's crossover. I don't know many people that only have mold toxicity and that's their only thing. It hasn't (laughs) led to any other, you know, it's it's all (laughs) like that. It's the gut It's the autoimmune, the co-infections with the Lyme. And I mean, So check it out, you guys. And we'll put a link in the show notes for that as well. I I know that you gave us your website. Is that the best place for listeners to go to find you?
2: I think it's the easiest since it's just my name and that'll stay that way. So yeah, if later you can't find a certain thing, you're always welcome to ask my team and we'll have a a bunch of resources up there as well. I just wanted to mention too, because I think a lot of my clients and I'm in the same boat, we're also like wanting to anti-age and a lot of this detox stuff helps that as well so i was just saying thinking about why i get so juiced to still do all these techniques they just make me feel good you know they make me have energy you know they help balance your weight and so i think they're just great if you're like well why do i have to detox all the time you will get benefits that you actually see that people are going to be like, "Wow, you don't look your age." So there's a little, a little, yes. hopefully, a motivator. Believe it me. or not,
1: Bridget's not twelve, well, ladies <laughs> and gentlemen. Hey, Bridget, Bridget, I'm 85, Bridget, I'm so and weird. I still look this way. Well, and I see people all the time. I'm I'm about to turn 53, and I feel so much better than I felt in my 30s. And yes, I was not well, but I think even had a well. It's tricky. I was going to say, had I not been that sick, I would still feel better. Although I wouldn't be doing all the things. So see how that works. But there's all of these supportive things are anti-aging as well. And so somebody doesn't need to be down and out, head on the pillow, to benefit from really, you know, protecting their body and and supporting their detox pathways and living cleanly. To up level. So sometimes up level is literally just getting up. And sometimes up level is what you're about to do, which is the next breakthrough level.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you, Julie, for all the support. I really appreciate it.
1: <laughs> oh, I'm so glad you guys, I cannot encourage you enough. I I've I Bridget is always giving out so much information. She's such an amazing resource. And so I know we covered a lot. And I always ask this question so you can pick from something we already covered or give another <laughs> another tip. But if somebody was to listen to this and do one thing, take one step starting a day to move that needle on their health, what would it be?
2: I'm going to say get outside more. <gasps> Love it. Yeah. Yay! Get out in nature. It's, it's so good for your nervous system. And your, the air is cleaner that's like the sunshine is good for you. So that's so simple. So even just take a, to add a 10 minute walk after dinner, you know, whatever it is, but yeah, just
1: call a girlfriend, get your
0: shoes
1: on. Bridget, thank you so much. You've shared some amazing gold with us today.
2: Yeah. Thanks for having me. And yeah, if anybody has a follow-up, you're welcome to reach out to us.
1: Yes. All of the links will be in the show notes. And again, can't wait for the book to come out in the spring and you guys check out that masterclass. For everyone listening, remember, you can get the show notes and transcripts by visiting inspiredliving.show. I hope you had a great time and enjoyed this episode as much as I did. I'll see you all next week.
0: Thank you for listening to Julie Michelson's Inspired Living with Autoimmunity. Did you enjoy this episode? Please like, share, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. If you'd like to get a transcript of this and every other episode, just head on over to inspiredliving.show or click on the link in this episode's description. There, you can also find everything we discussed in this episode, including links and information about our guest. You can even send in your questions to be answered by Julie in a future episode. That's inspiredliving.show. Until next time, this is Julie Michelson's Inspired Living with Autoimmunity podcast, helping you take your power back.